When Banks arrived, spot on one o'clock, Emily was nowhere in sight. He bought himself a pint and found a table near the window. The road outside was busy, and the traffic splashed up dirty water from the roadside puddles. As he was studying the blackboard and trying to decide between barbecue chicken and Thai red curry, Emily breezed in, out of breath, the way Jenny Fuller always seemed to do, as if it had been a great effort getting there only fifteen minutes late. She plonked her bulging handbag on the chair beside Banks, gave him an impish grin, and made for the bar. When she came back, she was carrying one of those strange cocktails that young drinkers, especially female, seemed to think are really interesting. In this case, Kahlua and Coke. She must have charmed the landlord into believing she was old enough to drink, Banks thought, though in all honesty, she did look well over eighteen. She had a cigarette in her mouth almost before she sat down, a manoeuvre Banks was surprised she could make, given that her slightly flared blue jeans looked painted on. Still, it was a testament to Emily's natural style that she didn't look in the least bit tarty, and she'd chosen to wear no makeup at all. Not that she needed any. Once she had lit her cigarette and had taken a sip of her drink, she shucked her mid-length jacket to reveal a black silk blouse. After she'd tidied her hair, she seemed ready to talk, but she kept on fidgeting. There were moments when Banks looked at her and saw a sophisticated young woman looking back, wise enough in the ways of the world to exploit them for her own ends. Other times he saw the gauche, nervous teenager, unable to look an adult in the eye. She was still too close to her childhood to recognise its value. When you were Emily's age, Banks remembered, all you wanted to do was enter that magical world of privilege and freedom you saw all around you adulthood. Hence the smoking, the drinking, the sex. You didn't realise until much, much later, too late, some might say, that the privileges and freedoms you coveted came with a very high price tag indeed. Have you decided yet? she asked. Decided what? What you're having for lunch. It's my treat. I told you on the phone. You don't have to do that. I know. Daddy probably paid you well already for bringing me home, but I want to. I'll have the Thai red curry, then. Banks didn't usually go for more exotic food in pubs, but the bull had a good lunchtime reputation. And he didn't pay me anything. She raised a neatly plucked eyebrow. Just so you know. Emily paused, then said, All right. She gestured for the woman delivering food at the next table to come over and started to give her order. The woman frowned, told her to go and order it herself at the bar, then stalked off. Get her, said Emily, pulling a face. Kid again. Banks scraped his chair against the stone floor. I'll go. He didn't want her to have to go through the agony of getting up and sitting down again, Wearing those jeans, she might rupture her spleen or a bladder. No, 
She jumped to her feet with surprising agility. I told you I'd get it. Banks watched her walk to the bar, taller than ever in her platform heels, and noticed all the men's eyes were on her body. There wasn't one of them who wouldn't do anything for her, or to her. The women, however, turned up their noses in distaste and cast disapproving frowns in Banks's direction. What the hell, Banks asked himself, was he doing sitting in a pub with the chief constable's daughter, who was definitely breaking one law by drinking under age, even if you could hardly call Kalua and Coke a real drink, and God knows how many other laws simply by the way she looked. It was fortunate that none of the men could be arrested for their fantasies.